Episode 38 is in the books, and I love this episode because I got a chance to learn more about the background of one of the, probably the most, one of the more under-the-radar singers who's got such tremendous talent. If you haven't heard it, stop it right now. Go to iTunes, go to YouTube, and search for Ali Gabriel Running Man. Ali Gabriel Running Man. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is an amazing song. I say this with all sincerity. I This is the reason that I wanted to bring Ali on, because I listened to his music, and this song in particular, and I, I listen to it almost every time I go to the gym now. It's an amazing song. He came out with it a couple years ago in Europe, and now it's making its way to the United States, and he's climbing the charts. I mean, if this song doesn't make it into the top charts in, in here in the United States, something's wrong with our system. Something's, something's clearly, clearly flawed. And uh, let's get it out there, folks, because you you will you will love love it. And you can listen to it when you're not not only when you're working out. You can listen to it almost with anything that's upbeat and motivational. Uh, whatever it is, you're having a good night. Listen to it. You're having a bad night. Listen to it. It's gonna make you move. It's gonna make you feel good. It's an awesome song. Check it out. Ali Gabriel, Running Man. Got to hear about his background. Um, how he came up from the uh, small town Louisiana to Los Angeles, and a few things in between, including the U.S. Army, um, and a pretty wild story about how he was on his way to Iraq, or at least he thought he was, and then he was pulled off the bus, and the rest is history. He doesn't have to go to Iraq. He gets to go back home and live out his dream and move out to the California. It's cool, and we're going to bring him back for more. Um, this first episode was more about his background, and then we get into some talk about what he's doing with music here at the end. So, anyways, check him out if you like music and uh, if you're interested in this whole uh, L.A. California entertainment scene. Then sit back and relax. Welcome the one and only Ali Gabriel. The optimal life. It was like your own little mini American Idol session. Yeah, there you go. Before <laughs> Simon Cowell thought yeah. of uh, America's, uh, you know, got talent and X Factor and all that, we were having that back in the beginning at the dugout. <laughs> I'm sure you had a family member or two that was that that was kind of like Simon. You, there's always that one naysayer in the group, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You gotta, you gotta have, uh, uh, you gotta have that that critic. So yeah, there was that. That was probably my mom. Probably my mom, uh, who's not the naysayer, but she was just the one calling it, you know, calling, uh, not holding back punches. She'll tell you if she didn't like it. Nice. Yeah, you need that, man. You need that to keep pushing yeah. you. If you, yeah, if you, you gotta have people that, yeah. that, keep, that keep it real with you, right? Yeah, you know, if you hear your whole life, if you hear how great you are, how are you going to ever really become, like, truly great? How are you going to ever want to strive for whatever it is, whether you're in music or business or sports? I mean, these kids that are coming up, I remember my brother being on the uh, high school basketball team, and there were some kids that were real gifted. 
and all they ever heard was how great they were. So they were yeah, they they were great at that level, but maybe would they have become greater? Would they be able to go play in like a Division One college and succeed and go far if they if they were pushed a little harder? Who knows? I agree with you 100, percent man. I think uh, I think if you, I always try to. I pride myself. I try to be the dumbest person in the room like you know at all times or the less talented you know what I mean like that's just things that I, I always want to be around like the people that uh, I can learn from you know that can stretch me and, and keep expanding you know the vision of myself and, and who I am so that I'm always uh, feeling like there's room to go you know I, 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 I've never I'm glad I haven't fallen fall, fall into that trap of thinking like oh like I'm just I'm going to get or you know just I'm so great, you know. So I think you got to know that you're. You got to know what you're capable of, and that you're great. That's part of the confidence. But, right. Um, at the same, at the same time, you, you got to be able to keep that that vision expandable and know that there's you know there's 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 more uh, room for you to grow. No doubt. Hey, uh, are you by? Uh, are you on a speakerphone by chance? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, but I am. I'm in, I am sitting uh, outside. So. so oh, okay. Yeah, I was. I was losing. I was getting a little. There was like a little static there, so I was. I wasn't sure. Okay, but uh, other than, uh, can you hear me clearly now? Yeah, I can hear you pretty good. I can hear you pretty well. Uh, can you hear yeah. me? Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah. Uh, so all right. So you were you you were growing up at a young age. You got into uh, you said piano. I mean, and, and then and then where did that go? For, how did that evolve as you grew up? Went into you know junior high school, high school, those kind of things. Yeah, man. So I I pretty much. Um, you know, I was really inspired at a young age, you know, watching like every other, you know, a lot of, any other kids around the, the world, you know, you know, Michael Jackson. And uh, I, in my family growing up in the South, the music there was very, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very regional in a lot of places because there's a lot of influences that you won't get in any other places in the country, like, you know, Zydeco music, you know, Cajun music, and, uh, you know, lots of, lots of this cowboy culture. You know that that what I, what I grew up uh, with, so that was a big influence, and a lot of blues was always playing, and um, um, and really really soulful music. Uh, like I don't know if you're familiar with Stax Records, uh, you know, which is like a, a a grittier Motown during that area, during that era. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was like you know the the hard soul singers, like you know your, your Wilson Pickett's and Bobby Womack and people like that. So I grew up on on that kind of uh, um, music, um, in addition to the pop music and you know the urban stuff that you hear that you would hear on the radio, um, and it just kind of kept growing with me, man. Like just as a kid and, and in church, that was the other biggest influence that uh, I almost didn't mention. You know, mentioned, yeah, being in church. I mean, that was every every Sunday. You know, you get you get that that Holy Ghost music. So, uh, oh yeah, it just kind of grew. It grew as a kid, you know, and. Uh, I, I do I'll tell you back on the on that church thing real quick. One yeah. of my favorite songs. My wife and I were just listening to it the other day. One of my favorite songs of all time is is R. Kelly's "World's Great," the world's greatest. Oh man, that's a great song. Such a good song, man. I can go. I can go. Uh, uh, you know, I could run to that, like I could run to your song, which we'll get to, but. Uh, that world's oh. greatest at the end, man. When he's got that that choir in the background going, that, that, there's something yeah. about that song that gives you the goosebumps every time. It's amazing. Hey, yeah, you know, and it's like that. You know, music has always touched me in that that way, like that too, man. That's that's the thing I love about it because it's like 
right words mixed with the right music that can do something to the human spirit, that can inspire someone to get up and run or to, you know, to, to move out of their situation or to, or to change or to make, you know, to make a move. And, I, and I've just always felt that. That's how I would feel when I would watch Michael Jackson. I was listening to like Dan in the Mirror. As a kid, I just remember it was like this uncontrollable kind of feeling like within me of like, you know, the goosebumps and it's all these yeah. emotions and you just, just feel the power, you know. Oh, it's amazing, man! Music is so powerful, and that's why I think it's—I yeah. think it's why it's so—it's so popular. I mean, it's why people. What would we do without it? Uh, life? Could you imagine life with with no music, no tone, no yeah. beat, no sound? I mean, how how mundane would this world be? It's scary yeah, to think about. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. No, I mean, yeah, music is music is uh, it's it's our. It's the easiest way to escape. I right. mean, like to 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 go to travel. It's the easiest way to travel because every time you listen to a song, you 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 either go to a place that you were that you've been, or you go somewhere that you want to be to, like a fantasy. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's therapeutic. Uh, it, it just yeah. is. Like depending on the moment and the mood you're in. Whether you're listening to some soul or some hip hop or a pop song or metal, depending on what kind of you know mode you're in, it, there's something about it that that it touches the soul, like you said. It's it's really powerful. So yeah, uh, yeah so the, so the, you were you were doing the church thing, and that's where you started developing. Hey, man, I really love this, and I could and, I, and I'm talented. Is that was that the mindset? Yeah, that's where that's where I kind of built you know my chops because I was around it. You know, I was bolster all the time and, and church for me was like the uh uh my first breeding ground for um i don't know that's the right way to say that <laughs> my first uh my first sharpening ground yeah yeah uh, to 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 uh to really having a uh, a platform to, to to build my talents because the church my church was kind of like a, a quasi uh uh amateur night at the apollo because uh yeah. If you wanted to get up and sing something, all you have to do was, you know, have a testimony, and you could sing. <laughs> you could sing that song that's on the radio. That not on the radio. That gospel song, of course. That you know that everyone knows. Or you could sing that a song that the Lord put on your heart. So it's a song that no one knows, and it's in your head. So right. it was. Uh, I used to. I used to love that. Uh, that part of church growing up, and you know, I had a very. I was one of those really. Uh, vibrant churches you know what I mean so it was very exciting to, to be in the music was great um, and it was just exciting because you never knew what you were going to get every Sunday you know you right. don't know who, who's going who's to come up and sing a song or do a solo sometimes sometimes <laughs> that's you cool man yourself for <laughs> yeah you're going oh god here he comes again yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's really neat man so this started at what early teenage years when you started doing this every Sunday when was this yeah, no, this is this is young man. This is like you know eight eight years old. I was, oh, wow. I, was I was in my choirs and stuff and, and and really singing. And people knew me as a singer by the time I was nine years old. Like everyone knew in my city that you know I had a I had a voice. I was actually speaking to R. Kelly. Um, I, my song that really uh, gained my uh, my first my first uh, taste of uh, acclaim, I guess you could say, like in my in my city where I was. Was uh, I believe I can fly? Oh, so when nice. that song came, when that song came out, um, that was the first song I sang at my school's assembly. I was in like the fourth grade, like fourth or fifth grade. So it was, you know, I went to high school. So my high school and my elementary was combined. It was like eight hundred kids. 
and um, and I sang that song, man, and that was, that kind of kicked off my career, really. So I got to think wow. that. That's a beautiful song too. I mean, that song. Yeah. That song. I've heard that song sang at like uh, you know funerals or where people have been sick. I've heard that song yeah. sang on the flip side of just inspiration, and I've seen montages of that song with like you know sports and those kind of things. Talk about a, that's a real versatile song, man. That's a beautiful one. Yeah, you know. So that's that is a. Uh... That, that that yeah that is that is, that was that inspired me and uh, from there from from church man you know like I said that my pastor uh, thankfully gave me the platform and allowed me to um, to you know if I had a song or something that I that I wanted to sing to to uh, always go up there and sing and when he when when I when I when everyone knew that I could sing at that point it was kind of the be careful what you wish for because every time I went to church it was like it, it stopped being me wanting to sing and it started being me just getting called on, even on times when I didn't want to sing. Right. So I, I, I kind of, uh, which was great because looking back on it now, um, I see how much of that was training and to get me to the point to where I can perform at you know the level that I'm at now and being able to actually you know have have made it a career. That's really cool. So you you finished off high school in uh, Louisiana, I take it. Yeah, man. Finished off, uh, graduated class of 2002, man, and uh, it was um, it was it was interesting because three weeks. Well, the, when I was a junior in high school, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm, I'm actually a, a veteran, and I joined the army when I was a junior in high school, uh, going into my senior year, three weeks before 9/11, um, and so right after high school, I went to basic training. Wow. Yeah, I saw that picture that you posted. Uh, oh, how long okay. were you? In, how how long were you in the army for? I I mean, I ETS. I did my whole, which means you know, I finished my whole uh, my whole service. So I did my whole eight years. So I'm uh, officially out of the army in 2009. Good for you. That's crazy timing, too, man. When you you registered three weeks before the uh, terrible attack and three weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That had a that had a if that didn't motivate you, nothing did at that point. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely uh, part uh, motivating. I mean, definitely a part. I mean, as a as a, as a seventeen, barely seventeen year old. Uh, actually, yeah, I was barely seventeen uh, when, when I joined. Yeah, I was actually yeah barely seventeen because I had to wait until I turned seventeen in order for my mom to sign the waiver mm. uh, for me to go. Because um, it was August 29th and my birthday is on the eighteenth, so I just turned seventeen. And yeah, here this happens three weeks later. So yeah, I was motivated, but I was definitely. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. Thing, yeah, you know, because that's what everyone says when you join. When you're when you're thinking about it, they're <coughs> like, oh man, you you go to the war, and you're like, man, that never happened. Like, what was the last one? It was like Desert Storm. You know, that was like 15 <laughs> years ago or something. Yeah, and then here, three weeks later, you're going, holy so, shit, so man. Crazy. Yeah, I understand that. Half of you wants to like go and get these guys. The other half of you is like, uh, maybe somebody else can do this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as a kid, it, it was just kind of hard to it was hard to process. For a while. Yeah, seventeen's young, man. Seventeen is young yeah. for sure. So you end up doing the army, man. So when you're in the army for those eight years, I imagine the singing is continuing to go on. They probably have you. They probably have you singing all the time to them, just to keep them uh, keep their spirits up. How, how did that work out? No, man. I I would wish if I was singing in the army, I'd probably still be in the army. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it wasn't that glamorous for me, Ben. <laughs> no? Um, no, no. Uh, 
I wasn't, I wasn't, we wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't on singing detail, that's for sure. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was a uh, cool man. It was a good experience. Uh, wasn't there as a singer. I was there. I was a supply specialist. So I was, I was, in, I was in the dirt. I was a grunt. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, um, but it, um, uh, it, it, it was one of the best decisions of my life looking back because it was the first time I really got a chance to prove things to myself, like for real, away from a comfort zone, you know, and that was my first, uh, experience with your um, comfort zone and, and, and understanding uh, I don't know if I quite understood it at then but just being thrown into uh, that type of situation um, you know as an adult it's like here you are you go to training you know you're away from your mom you're away from your friends right. and so it's my first time really being isolated uh, from those things and I had to learn you know you gotta push yourself you gotta learn things about yourself and I do this you know the signs where you wanna quit you know but you but you you, you got to dig deep and, and, and keep going. So uh, I'm very thankful for that for that experience. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, that's beautiful. And I assume that you were still keeping the this, the music and all that stuff. You were still doing that on the side when you were not at work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so when when um, when I first let's say when I when I got out of basic training and and, and advanced in uh, this was in. Uh, a year after I graduated, or well, after I graduated high school, because uh, my whole training was like about almost eleven months, and um, when I when I finished that, then I I went straight back into the music. You know, my whole motivation initially was uh, to join the army. Was I wanted to pay for college, and the big thing was um, I wanted to because the army paid you to go to school, and I wanted to start my own record label. So I was like, I had it all figured out. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna get this money from you know being in the army every month, and I'm gonna start a record and put my record out. And um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really factor in taxes and things like that. So I didn't realize <laughs> that I wouldn't actually have any money left over <laughs> after, <laughs> after after the, after the yeah. month was over. Yeah, I mean, I'm 18 years old, but I don't right. really go out like I'm being working. Uh, yeah, but, when they uh, tell you how much you're making, they, they they forget to tell you that that uh, a portion of that's going to Uncle Sam. Yeah, they don't they don't tell you about drinking uh, FICA and all these other right. things. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was so that was that that was bad, and uh, yeah, so I was I was always singing and stuff, um, and, 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 and <clears throat> doing that. But I remember doing training. I remember that was the first time that I'd been away from music. Like not being able to like play a piano, I, could, I didn't touch a piano for that whole year, pretty much, you know, because there's no, there was nowhere to, to play it. So it was my first time after all these years as a kid being with music, uh, being away from it for so long. And you know, I would just, I would just write in my journal, and I was always like beat maker in the barracks. So I'd have all the other guys rapping, and I'd be making the beats and you know beatboxing, and we had a good time. That's beautiful. That's awesome, man. So, so you did that. You were you were working your craft the whole time. At what point then do you get out to uh, Los Angeles? How did that come about? So, long story short of that um, is when I got back home to Louisiana, came back from training a few months later, maybe about six months, uh, my unit got activated to actually go to Iraq. So, you know, it's all the hometown boys, uh, you know, getting ready to go to Iraq. Uh, we find out usually about. Uh, it was about nine months before uh, we left, six to nine months, and uh, we were. I was on the I was on the battle roster to go to Iraq, which means that you know I I, I had to go, and um, at that point everything really kind of halted. Like I, I kind of fell into this depression, 
uh, even at that time because I was like, you know, even even knowing that it was wartime, but I had been, when I first joined, I had been told that I had to go at that point. But when that point came, where I was like, okay, you're going um, to Iraq, it was like, oh wow, like this is real, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, I <clears throat> and you probably had you probably had, yeah you you probably. You probably always had in the back of your mind, like, okay, when this army thing is is done and I'm getting closer, I'm going to really pursue this this uh, music thing full full throttle. And then all of a sudden, the government's telling you you're going to Iraq. You're going. Exactly. You're going. Holy shit, man! This is not what I had planned. Yeah. Exactly, because yeah. I had always, like I said, like for me, be, be, becoming a star, coming to LA, like I always thought I was going to live in LA. Uh, since I was a kid, you know what I mean? Like literally. 10 years old, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to live in California. I was just fascinated with, uh, you know, with palm trees. I was so fascinated with palm trees, like, growing up. I used to always look for like, oh, like, can we go see some palm trees? And she's like, no, oh, they, they're not over here, <laughs> you know? And I remember one time we went to Florida, and that's the first time I actually saw, we went to, uh, uh, to Destin. <clears throat> and um, and I, the first time I saw palm trees, in, like, in real life. And I was so just, like, excited about it because, you know, these were all my favorite movies and things like that, you know, that I saw. And, um, and long story short, you know, that did that did happen um, where I really was, was shocked thinking that, man, all these dreams and plans that I had, um, how am I going to get there? And I was sitting on the bus. The day came for us to leave. I'm on the bus. I left home that morning at, like, 6 a.m. My mom thinking that she's not going to see me at least for, you know, nine or ten months. And, you know, said goodbye to everyone, you know, during the week before. And me and my, me and my best friend joined together. So Richard, he lives a few doors down from me. And we drove, we're driving to the armory together. And I'm just looking out the window, just thinking about it. It was like I was seeing, it was like one of those movie montages where right. you kind of see your life flashing <laughs> yeah. by. And um, I'm sitting on the bus, man, uh, at the unit. My unit had about 180 people in it. And... I'm getting ready to go. I'm listening to headphones. I forgot what I was listening to. I had, I had a Walkman back in the cassette case. And someone comes on and they say, hey, following names, fallout information. And I hear my name. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. So I, I get off the bus. And then the drill sergeant's like, okay, you know, grab your stuff off the bus. You guys are weird detached. I don't know what that means really, but I'm like, okay. Boom, we get our stuff <laughs> off the bus. The bus leaves. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe there's another bus coming to get us. Like, what's what's all this about? Right. And then, you know, it takes about an hour or so for the dust to settle after the after the bus leaves for me to get some actual answers. And that's when I found out that I wasn't going to Iraq anymore and that everyone on the bus was going to Iraq. Wow. And that's when my life really uh, made. That was the first <clears throat> major change wow. in my direction. Was that what was the reasoning? Was it just luck at that point not to go? Well, yeah, it was luck that I ended. It was you know I don't I, I like to attribute luck of the draw, divine, yeah. divine intervention, divine me, intervention. Uh, yeah, but uh, but I, but it was random. I mean, they just picked some random names, and you were one of them. Well, it was probably it was probably actually a lot more calculated than that. Uh, um, uh, realistically, because the the way you know units work. Um, they gotta match up against what else is out there in the field. And I was in a, you know, supply. One thing about the army supply right. is where it's the job that when you're enlisted, a lot of people want to be supply because it's the guys who have all the stuff. 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you're fighting a war, you go after the supply chain first because that's you mess up the logistics and they don't have food and weapons and ammo and they can't fight the war, right? Right. Um, so a lot of people want to be in that position. So when you're when you're putting when you're mobilizing and putting units out in the field, uh, you got to match up with if there's too many '92 Yankees, which is what I was, then you got to you don't need all of them. It's better for you to take you know someone else, whatever. So and I was the young, you know I was the young guy. I didn't really have tenure. So it's not like I probably, in their eyes, you know, had a, brought a whole lot of value. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> to the team, you know. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, uh, the higher power that was was in full effect that day because who knows what your life could have yeah. been? Who knows? Hey, who- man, and that's and that's the thing, and, and and that's that's exactly. I mean, looking back on it now, it's like with everything that I've accomplished and that I'm accomplishing and things like that. I swear, some days I just I just break out into like a song and dance because I, I just it's unreal because I remember that moment so vividly sitting looking out the window you know 18 years old listening to my headset around all these grown men uh, just still a kid you know I'm 18 but I'm a kid you know and exactly. uh, and, and thinking about man like what's it going to be like thinking actually thinking about like do I, do, will I have to you know see someone dead or will I have to kill someone or will, right. you know what I mean just all these thoughts going going through your mind and um yeah it was definitely definitely a divine intervention so i didn't end up going it was about 50 of us uh out of the unit that stayed back uh because someone still has to stay at the unit and maintain it and bring in new recruits and, and do drill every um you know every, every month and all that so i was really detached from man so i um i stayed home and i showed back up home i went i drove back my, now my best friend grant you that i drove there with i told you he was on the bus so he did his name wasn't called. He went direct. And um and it was crazy because I didn't really get to say a proper goodbye because right. I thought we were going together. Uh, I see. So now in yeah. summertime, this was in May, now it's summertime and I'm the only kid in my neighborhood. I'm the only one on the block. Like my best friend, you know, all my all, you know, that I thought the the thing that made it easier easier for me was knowing that, hey, I'm going direct, but I'm going with people that I went to school with all these guys since I was, you know, six years old. Like, these are my brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so sense. That, that makes sense. Part. Yeah, for sure. And you're going, okay, now what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. So now what, just, yeah. So th- yeah, exactly. So that, that's what, that's, that, that was, but my mom was super happy and crying and stuff. But for me, I'm not going to lie, it took me a while to, I kind of had, I guess what you call survivor's remorse in a little way. Understand. Yeah, that's a common thing, man. And, and the thing that probably really bothered you too is, I don't know if it was better this way or not, but the fact that, like you said, you didn't get to say that proper goodbye to those guys. Yeah, maybe man. if you could have, because, maybe you were uncomfortable subconsciously that what if something happens to these guys is the last time I'm going to ever see them. Those kind of feelings probably overwhelmed you a little bit. Yeah, you know, because I didn't have the opportunity. Literally, I was just called off the bus. And when we walked off the bus, we didn't know what why we were called off the bus. Yeah. You know, and then... You know, we had to grab our stuff from under the bus, but I never got to walk back on the bus again. Right. So what what, know, what, what happens from there, man? You're back home for the summer. I mean, how do you finally get your get, get out to uh, to Los Angeles? Yeah, man. Well, I um, this is back in the early days of, uh, not the early days of the internet, but uh, <laughs> kind of like when, you know, chat rooms and things were still new. So, you know, one of my, one of my favorite hobbies uh, at that time was, uh, you know, when I was... Uh, looking for something to do, you know, going to these chat rooms and stuff. That's back when AOL, I had the AOL dial-up. 
you know, oh my like, god, that thing! That thing was so freaking <laughs> annoying, man. Uh, <laughs> that little startup, <laughs> ding, 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 and, and then you'd hold your breath to see if you connected or not. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, you go make the sandwich. You go in the kitchen. You come back. Oh, I'm still connected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeez, how far we've come. So, yeah. Yeah, right. So. Uh, I would go in these chat rooms, man, and you know, I, you know I'm a young, young guy, so I'd, I'd be, you know, talking to people all over, and mostly girls and stuff like that. And, and there was some, there was this one chat room I like to go in. I remember it was a Yahoo chat room, R and D chat room, and basically people would go in there and they'd be like posting, uh, you know, songs in the in the IMs, and people were, you had, you had the microphone, I had the microphone on my computer, and you could sing. So people would basically be taking turns singing in, in, the, in the chat room, and it was kind of like this online Apollo kind of situation. So I would go, I would go in these chat rooms, and I would just sing like mostly R. Kelly songs, like super sexual songs, <laughs> wow. and uh, you know, try to get the girls to all like swoon and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that was, that was my thing. As a, that was, that's what I like to do when, that, when there was no one to play with outside. Uh, exactly. <laughs> You had, you had a uh, you had like a little talent that ninety nine percent of people don't have. So you, you were you were leveraging those uh, to your ability, you know, to the best of your ability. Yeah, yeah I was leveraging yeah. that. So in the process of leveraging those uh, those talents, those rare talents, I uh, I met a I met this uh, this girl online. So I, it was my first like you know uh, online. I've never really done online dating, but this was I guess before it was coined online dating. Mm-hmm. I guess I was one of the pioneers because I met a girl online. We started talking. And, uh, you know, it's before FaceTime and stuff like that. So you're just sending pictures and like, okay, yeah, like she looks good. This and And she lived in California. She lived in Sacramento. And at this time, you know, I'm grown. I still live at home with mom um, because I had moved out of my apartment and stuff like that. Me and my my best friend, because we got activated and went back home with mom and kind of started to get ready, you know, to go to Iraq. But now since I wasn't going, all my friends are gone. I thought I had my, my roommate that I had. I had an apartment before. So I'm back at home with mom. And, you know, you know how that goes when you're, you're living at home with mom and you're 18. It's, it, it could be tough. And um, so basically the girl was like, oh, hey, like, you know, like, come to California when you're coming. And she kept, like, tempting me. And I was like, you know, one day I was like, all right, I'll come. And I took a train ticket out to uh, Sacramento, California. Long story short, stayed for a few months, fell in love with it, moved back home um, in, like, September of that year. In December of that year, left for good, never looked back, and lived in Sacramento for uh, two years, and then um, and then ended up in in L.A. I signed a record deal while I was actually in the army in Sacramento because I had to when I came back home after going visit for the first time. And this girl really hit it off; she was super cool. Uh, I took a train for two days to go see her, and I got there. I'm in the train station, and, I, and I'm hoping I wasn't catfish, but this was before catfish was even probably a word. Um, you know what I mean? Like just being being fooled online, right? And um, right. she was who she, you know, who, who what she looked like in the picture, and I was like <laughs> super excited, and uh, um, and I stayed for a little while, and when I came back home, I just started selling my stuff, man. I sold my car, I sold my speakers. I had some some big speakers in the in my trunk, you know. I'm from the south, so that was a big thing: rims and speakers. So I sold my rims, I sold everything to get as much money as I could, and I transfer my. Um, my army unit, I had to find a unit in Sacramento that could accept my job, you know, because I still had obligations with the army. And I found one, and uh, I moved to I moved to Sacramento, not LA, but I was closer. Yeah, yeah. And then you mi- eventually migrated your way to Los Angeles. 
Yeah, so... Is this your um, wife? Was this girl your wife, the one that you're married to now? No, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, she can't, she can't, she can't hold it, she couldn't hold a candle to your wife, I, I'd imagine. No, man, no, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. You kind of, you, you kind of need those, uh, those starter relationships. I you do, it, you uh, do, you know, it's called, yeah. uh, it's called, like you said before at the, at the church, that was kind of your, uh, trial run, getting your feet wet kind of, yeah. kind of thing, same thing here. Yeah, exactly. You gotta <laughs> same sharpen thing. your, sharpen your, yeah. uh, sharpen your iron, uh, you need those. Because if, because if you don't have those, I mean, how do you, it's like kind of what you were saying about uh, earlier with the, the the athletes, you know, being told you're you're, you're great. Like you gotta have you gotta have that 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 room to grow, and and that kind. Of, I feel like those early relationships kind of set the gauge of okay, not just who you are, but you know what you're looking for and, and what you expect, what you like, what you don't, all those things. Exactly, exactly. So you're in LA, man. How's LA life? And uh, talk about it real quickly if. If you could, uh, you you put out this single recently, uh, several years back. It looked like called Running Man, right? Yeah, yeah. So I released my single. Uh, you know, I, I, LA's been good. First question, it's, it's it's been great. So I basically was uh, uh, it, when I was in Sacramento, I signed a record deal because uh, I was always the way my job was was four days on and four days off. So I was always sending my music all over the place when I wasn't working. You know, using the internet, MySpace, and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, someone heard my music in New York and uh, played it for a colleague who was based in L.A. who worked at uh, a record label uh, in L.A. and uh, got on the phone with me and they flew me down to L.A. And uh, the rest was history. I ended up signing a record deal with that company and I moved to L.A. Uh, within about a year and a half of, of being in, uh, in California. And I started out really just as a writer and a producer. I always wanted to be an artist, but I didn't really have like a style particular to be yet. I could just sing, you know what I mean? Like right. I didn't have the whole thing figured out. Um, but I was always a writer and a producer. Like my, my idol at that time growing up was, was R. Kelly. Uh, you know, I wanted to be the guy that, you know, was had his own solo stuff, but could also write for other people and was just kind of like a you know a brilliant person. So that's so I funny. Like, when I said oh, that world's greatest song earlier, I had no clue that you were a huge R. Kelly fan. That's ironic. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, that, I mean, that that's was really funny. That was literally my early the early artist in me is who I patterned myself after. That's who I was like kind of trying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, because you, you gotta find someone to imitate. You have to. You, know? you have to. Um, Same thing with this podcast, gotta, man. I take inspiration off of various people for for this podcast. Same thing. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's the, that's what they say. That's the biggest form of uh, flattery. And then it's like once you imitate and you, and you kind of get in the in the vein of that, then you can innovate, which is where I'm at now. You know, I've innovated, but I, it started with me really just trying to be as R. Kelly as possible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, that's a good good person to model yourself off of, especially when I mean professionally and, and talent wise. He was put out hit after hit after hit. Uh, when did yeah, you? When did yeah. you? So you were you were signed with this record label. Did you release Running Man with this record label, or did you release it independently? No, man, no, no. Running Running Man was. I mean, this this I, we're talking, you know, uh, years and years ago, eight years or something. So mm-hmm. I have I've had two record deals. So that was my first record deal, my first introduction to the music business. Uh, I didn't release anything. I just got a chance to to you know meet famous people. People. It, it was my first entry into. Um, you know, the smoking mirrors behind Hollywood. It really kind of, I got to look behind the curtain. You know, gotcha. I'm 20, 21, 22 years old. At this point, I'm, I'm now probably about 22. So, you know, I got a chance to work with Maya and, and Mel B and, and, and some different 
some different big artists and you know I've met Russell Simmons a few times mm-hmm. and so it was kind of like oh I'm starting to meet all these people that I've seen um, and and kind of get to see that they're just like me yep. you know in the, in the same sense and the situation I was in my record uh, label situation was uh, it wasn't the best in environment for me just like my energy and I saw that how, how that affects it too like how it's not just about the music it's about everything else and all the people around you and, and, and what's the energy. And that became kind of like a, a, a time where I really almost gave up on music altogether. I was like, I don't do I even really want to do this. Wow. And, um, because I, you know, I faced a lot of uh, rejection, even being signed. It was like now I'm in the process of where, you know, people are wanting you to be a certain other state than what, you know, you may be, or, you know, you kind of get, it was my first time being exposed to everyone kind of chipping away at, Yep. Your art. Yep. Yep. You got all these different people you know, who uh, really don't know anything about it and they're just sitting in an office and everyone's got a different take on it and your mind is, is scatterbrained. You're going, What the hell, man? This is not what I thought this was gonna be. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I stuck in there, you know, long story short to fast forward, here I am now, you know, years later, um, you know, I, I did another uh record deal, but differently now, you know, so during that course of the period I, I was in that deal for two years. Um, I, I got basically, uh, it was a mutual thing, but I just said I got dropped from my label, but I, I, I asked to actually be dropped because I just wanted no part of that environment anymore. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And I had, to, I slept in my car for a few weeks then. I was, you know, I was homeless technically, I guess. Um, and, um, I, um, I had to figure out like, Hey, do I go back home to Louisiana with my, you know, my tail in my leg and say, Hey, I tried or do I stick it out here in California and, and try to make these dreams come true? And I'm like 22 years old at the time, 22 or 23. And I decided to, to stick it out, man. And finally I swallowed my pride after like about two weeks and told someone my situation, uh, one of the few friends that I actually, my real friends that I had. And, um, because so many people at that time were just my friends because I lived in a mansion. Because when I moved to L.A., I literally went from living in an apartment, a small apartment with my girlfriend at that time, to moving to the house of my producers in like a $20 million mansion wow. in the hills wow. in, in L.A. Yeah. With like, you know, six cars in the driveway, bitleys and pools and girls always around. So it was like a complete, complete culture shock for me being a small kid, right. you know, church boy, you know, from the South. Um, and, and, you know, so, um, so it was, I, I, I had a lot of friends and stuff that people would just come over cause we had like a basketball court in the house and stuff like that. So yeah. it was easy to make friends and things like that, but there were only a few friends that I told one of my, my two good friends, uh, that I had after about two weeks, what was happening. He was like, man, come stay, come to my mom's house. Um, and come in, come to Northridge. So I, I went to, drove to Northridge and stayed with this really nice, uh, family. Uh, my friend, he's an Armenian guy. And uh, they let me stay with them until I got a job and got on my feet. And that's like about a month, you know, five or six weeks. And um, that's when I started to really kind of support myself in L.A. And I got into sales and started to really kind of pursue my career from basically, you know, zero to 100. I was kind of like starting all over again. Yeah, that's really neat, man. Hey, I'm a little bit tight on time, so I just want to finish it off here shortly. Um, And we can always bring you back. but I, I, I. it's a it's a great story it's it's a it's a cool story i just want to get to this point because uh because you're you're obviously you're you're climbing now you've been doing this for for 10 years in in the los angeles give or take 
and you released this song, Running Man, which I got to tell you, um, first off, what year did that come out? So Running Man was released in 2016 in, in Europe. So it was released mid-2016, um, went top 10 in Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's fairly recent. I, I, it's actually uh, getting ready to do a re-release uh, here in the U.S. Uh, got some exciting things happening with it, a uh, possible remix happening. That's beautiful. I got to tell you, man, this is one of the uh, one of my favorite songs. Uh, we ran we randomly kind of bumped into each other on Instagram. If it wasn't for Instagram, I wouldn't have seen you. And uh, I listened yeah. to your song one day, and I was like, "Holy shit, man! This thing is amazing, amazing!" It's gotten Thanks, over man. seventeen million plays. Is that what you said? Shows? Yeah, over. Oh yeah, over eighteen million now. Over eighteen. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's growing really fast. Like literally every month, I look, it's like another million streams. So. But no pun intended, the song still has a lot of legs. <laughs> I like that. Hey, uh, I got to tell you, that song, if that song doesn't make it to a top U.S. chart, then there's something wrong with the system, because that song is one of the best songs I've ever heard. And it's, uh, oh, man. And it's, 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 so it's, if you want to go out for a workout, if you're running especially, of course, because of the, the words themselves, but if you want to go for a workout or you want to just go, you're feeling on top of the world, you just crushed a, a job interview, you just... You just hooked up with some hot chick. You just, uh, you just, you know, had the best meal of your life. You just got drunk with your friends. You're having, I mean, you could play that song whenever you're feeling any sort of positivity. Man, that song is, that song brings it out of you. It's, it's really something. Yeah, man. I think to me, it's like the the Uber like encouragement song. It was, it was my encouragement song to myself at the time when I wrote it. So yeah. Um, it was kind of that song telling myself, like, hey, man, you've come this far. Don't stop now. Uh, you know, this was after the failed record deal, the first, uh, you know, record deal and stuff like that. But it was it was, it was, was that thing of, see, don't fail me, man. You're not here for nothing. And just have a faith and keep it pushing. So thank you for those, those kind words. And that, oh, that's yeah, exactly man. what I wanted the, the result to be from it. I want people to feel exactly the way you described it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome, and I want to. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm tight on time, but I want to bring you back um, later in the year once things are continuing to uh, continuing to go for you and flow for you. You can maybe share some more information with us about like what's happening now and what your future plans are. Those kind of things. Uh, may, maybe you'll surprise us with a, re- a remix with R. Kelly. Who knows? Oh yeah, yeah. That, well, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I, I wouldn't bet bet on that collaboration, but uh, there'll definitely be some exciting things. Uh, Excited things happen. Definitely remix from Running Man. I'm also working on uh, uh, my new project, getting ready to release uh, here soon. It's called Return of the Soul Man. So that's a, it's a really excited thing to have with me career wise. So yeah, I'll definitely keep you posted. And I appreciate uh, you having me, man. Yeah, this is on, on starting the podcast. Thank you, thank you so stuff. much. This is just phase. This is part one of the Ali Gabriel uh, appearance. Part part one was your story. We wanted to get into your background. Part two, we'll be talking about all the current and future endeavors and those kind of things. So that'd be pretty cool if you can come back on. Yeah, I would love to, Nathan. Yeah. And it was it was it was really it was really cool uh, talking with you and and continued success. And uh, I can't likewise, wait to, man. To hear this interview. Likewise, uh, check him out, everybody. AliGabriel.com. Uh, social media. It's all just Ali at Ali Gabriel. Is that right? And we'll link it up. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yep, that's right. We'll link it up. Hey, everyone, check it out. Uh, go find and you're playing if you go on his website uh, your live appearances those kind of things news events biography all that good stuff on the website uh, keep up with him on Instagram Twitter social media and uh, hey man I really appreciate it we will uh, we will do it again this year all right 
thank you so much, Nathan. You have a blessed day, man, and I uh, appreciate you too. Hey, man, I'm going to the gym after work today, and uh, Running Man's on the playlist today, so wish me luck. That's what I'm saying. Don't sell me now. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks. Later. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. The Optimal Life. And thank you for listening to a, another episode of The Optimal Life. Really appreciate the support. And uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to and enjoy what you're hearing, as always, please click subscribe and give us the five-star rating so we can continue to elevate the podcast within Apple Podcasts and everywhere else that the podcast is played and provided. And uh, leave us a comment. Leave us feedback. You could, uh, we're always open to feedback, whether it's positive or negative. So uh, you know, we want to do whatever we can to improve the show. And if there's something that we're missing, then let us know. You could reach me also on Instagram at Nathan Haber. And uh, again, I know that you have a lot of listening options these days. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people sharing different things. So if you are listening to this podcast and if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, from the bottom of my heart, I want to just say thank you. Uh, very grateful for that, and uh, we're going to continue providing you guys with the best content possible so that we can continue to live an optimal life and be our optimal and best selves. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.